A long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And my childhood reminiscing is at full speed now. And I'm going solo, I'm going solo, riding solo. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That was totally not the direction I was going. That's where I want to go. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't like a little Han on the side? A little Han job? Wow. You, you went gangster rap. I went reminiscing about my childhood. <laughs> so, well, grab your galactic gin and tonic. This is Whiskey and Popcorn. Now, obviously, we're talking about Solo, a Star Wars story, and we're going to do our best to not spoil the movie too much. But if you want to go in tabula rasa, then you might want to hit pause and save this review for after you see the movie. So we've got the story of Han Solo, the origin tale. This is played by Alden Urich. We get to see him supposedly in his late 20s. They don't really specify, but by no means is he a child. And he's living on a planet that essentially enslaves its people. It's definitely a Robin Hood sort of tale at first, where you have the nasty Sheriff of Rottingham character, uh, which is a worm alien that does not like the light, who, in return for protection, uh, demands absolute loyalty from her subjects. So that's basically where we start off. Han is clearly free-spirited and attempts to escape this planet. Yeah, and their escape plan doesn't exactly work out very well. Han ends up enlisting in the Empire's fighter program after his failed attempt to get away, or rather he gets away, but the rest of the crew doesn't. So uh, that doesn't work out for him very well either because he's got that super strong will that makes him unable to follow orders, um, and it gets him in trouble, and he kind of gets kicked out, and we just kind of... We just more or less speed through like three years from when we first meet him to like when the main plot really begins. And let us not forget the love interest, which is played by Amelia Clark, which you'll recognize as the Game of Thrones Queen of Dragons. Oh, Khaleesi. Oh, Khaleesi. So he clearly goes rogue, uh, which doesn't surprise anyone. And we basically see him go on to double cross and steal to get the limited resources like fuel in the right or you could say wrong hands within the galaxy. Mm. And he buddies up with a new team who are basically if he does this run to get this the space fuel, uh, they'll give him a cut of the money. And with that money, he plans to buy a ship and go liberate his girlfriend. And he meets up with Woody Harrelson, who plays a character Beckett, which... I didn't really look up who was in this movie, so when I saw Woody, I was like, oh my gosh, it's Woody Harrelson in a Star Wars movie. Same with me, yeah. I was kind of like Levinick say I always enjoy Woody Harrelson. He's so good at playing really interesting uh, character characters. But he kind of runs this little pirate crew, if you will. It's made up of like some sort of monkey alien that's got like four arms and two legs and uh, kind a of personality. It kind of sounds like Billy Crystal a little bit. Um, and then he's got his own love interest, Val uh, Thandy Newton. So it, it's just this kind of ragtaggle crew. So Han ends up joining them. Uh, along the way, as he's joining up with this crew, he also meets Chewbacca. 
and we discover how they come to meet each other. They escape together and they do this haul and I guess you could say shenanigans ensue. Uh, things don't work out the way they want it to, obviously. They go to another planet to get a new ship. And this is where Donald Glover comes in as the young Lando Calrissian, who I am in love with. And I think you are too, Tuesday. Uh, Fact. We might have to fight or he might be open to sharing. I don't know. There's no liars in this game. Just players. The seat taken. Nobody's in the seat that I ain't taking from. So this is, uh, Sabak? Sabak. Sabak. Got it. You played before? A couple times, yeah. Captain Lindo Karazi. On solo. Looks like you're, uh, having a good day. I'm a lucky guy. Can I ask you a question, Captain Calrissian? Anything, Han? It's Han, but that's okay. I heard a, uh, story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything you've heard about me is true. <laughs> so first, I had to come to terms with the fact that I wasn't going to be seeing a young, handsome Harrison Ford since we can't turn back time. Mm. Uh, but, you know, for what Alden was going for, um, I think he portrayed him well. All in all, the film is fun. It, it follows the story of Star Wars well. I think, because the personality doesn't really change. Unlike Rogue One, there wasn't anything that was particularly surprising. You know, Han is Han. His personality never really does a huge change. You know, they have little glitchy, you know, sayings that he says, and they make sure to include that. But don't expect to see anything from his childhood or anything too crazy. I mean, we don't go incredibly far back. No. But nothing was particularly surprising for me. I absolutely loved learning Chewbacca's backstory. Uh, and even the the origins of the Millennium Falcon, I really, really liked. Yeah. Like you said, you summed it up perfectly. You took the word right out of my mouth, but it, it's fun. I think, though, if you are a diehard Star Wars fan who, like, canon is your Bible and all that, you might have a hard time with this story because it, it is new. And it, this film felt a little bit paced more quickly than maybe some of the other Star Wars films. It didn't have as much time to breathe, which is fine. I don't think that was to its detriment, but it, the, the rhythm of the film felt a little bit different. And also for me, very noticeable, John Williams didn't score the music. You could hear his themes in there, but this film had a very different tone mus with a, musically. And I found that no, it didn't like stand out a lot, a lot, but it was enough to be like, I am seeing something new. I'm seeing something different. We're exploring the universe. The Star Wars universe is big enough to encompass this. And I think that's what I do like, even though I'm a little bit, and I was telling you this before Tuesday, I feel like Disney is just squeezing everything it can out of all of its franchises. And I'm afraid that, like with Marvel, Star Wars is going to start feeling a little raggedy and worn around the edges because they're just going to keep pumping out movie after movie after movie. Well, and it sounds horrible, but I thought it was an all right film for a film that didn't need to be made. If I can piggyback <laughs> off what you were saying. And that sounds horrible, but I mean, could I have lived without his story and just, you know, picked right up where I started as a child? Yeah, sure. And so I agree. It's like, Come on, Disney, 
we can also do some new stuff. I grew up with all new stuff from Disney. So you don't need to reinvent the wheel and, you know, let's get some creativity out there. One thing I think is really important to touch on with this film is the performances. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'm going to be biased because I have had a major crush on Donald Glover since his new music video came out. So, of course, I'm going to say he did an amazing job with the film. Sadly, the character that he was given little for him to really work with. I mean, he's basically allowed to cheat in cards and complain a lot. But as far as character development, I was like, no, give him more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is a little bit, I think you're going to be heading in this direction, but there is a little bit of like open sexuality with his character. But I think only an adult audience would catch on to that. I don't think, I was thinking about this earlier. I'm like, if you were a kid, you probably, it'd be right over your head Mm -hmm. um, what's going on there. But, you know, you're right. His character isn't fully developed. I would definitely doubt anyone's intelligence if they ever tried to question Chewbacca's acting. Because that, <laughs> that beast is phenomenal. It doesn't matter who's behind it. He is hilarious and awesome. Not that he's given a lot of scripting. But, yes, of course we love him. Now, being a big fan of Game of Thrones, Amelia Clark was one of my favorites. Really? In the film. Yeah. I almost I felt like I was always questioning what side she was on and what her next move was going to be. If if anything, it just built her acting career even further than it's already advanced with Game of Thrones, and this proves that she can be something besides the Mother of Dragons. Mm-hmm. And that this really opens her up to not be the character actor where she's not going to go beyond that particular show. It wasn't far for her because she still got to be this powerful female badass. Yeah, and she got a a more or less a tragic storyline to play with, which is very different from what we're used to seeing in Game of Thrones. And I think you liked her performance a little bit more than me. I, I don't know. I spent a lot of time actually assessing her performance and really just watching her. And I think she does a good job, but she's not one of those actresses who really wows me with her performance. She doesn't really seem to command a lot of presence when she's on there, but perhaps for this particular character, that's just fine. She doesn't necessarily need to be... Her character isn't necessarily front and center. I feel like that undercurrent of evil in her maybe could have been played with a little bit more craft and nuance Um, because I felt like she was almost too innocent and too much of a victim in the film, and... I'm feeling like I would have liked to have seen just a little bit more of a glimmer of that darkness in her. But maybe maybe that's just not who the character is and people could come and bite me on that. But I, I'm like, I really want to I want to see that through thread. And that's something I think that happens in other Star Wars films. It's like you really even if it's just with the music or the, the dramatic lighting or something to really just kind of allude to. Because I, I really felt like it was a sleight of hand. And I was just kind of like, I don't know what's going on with her character. But maybe that's the whole point, and I'm missing it. That's fair. Speaking of powerful, badass female roles, L3, who is Lando's droid, is, for me, another outstanding performance. Mm -hmm. Now, it is basically just a voice. But when we're looking at the droid and matching it with the actress, uh, who is Phoebe Waller-Bridge, it was... Fantastic. And when we're talking about underlying themes, we get a lot with her. 
Totally. It's very notable here that this is the first time a droid in the Star Wars franchise was voiced by a woman. They're always male, which is interesting because when you think about our own real life, all of our like AI right now is female. So I, it's it's kind of interesting that like finally our fiction is reflecting our real life. But what I loved about L3 is how she had this whole like women's lib vibe to her, except it was droids lib. <laughs> we first meet her at a droid battle, like a robot battle. And she's like, you don't have to do this. You can be free, you know. Stop subjugating yourselves to these meat bags, blah, blah, blah. And it was just really funny. And, you know, in light of everything that's going on nationally with the Me Too movement and Time's Up, you know, it's very timely. And I don't know if it's this was written in later because of this stuff or if this was already put into her character well in advance but it made it really enjoyable and she never stops being an opinionated female bodied entity either i mean she she continues that way throughout and lando points out you know i would i would reset her in a second but she has some of the best navigation system within her which would erase all of that so i mean everyone's very well aware that she is opinionated, and you're going to have to hear her whether you want her to or not. So two thumbs up from us for having some really powerful female voices within this film, which mm-hmm. she does seem extremely timely. Now, prior to watching the film, we actually saw this amazing interview with Donald Glover, and there were several other characters there. I think it was a serious XM interview, and he's actually questioned about his character, Lando, being pansexual. And they basically questioned, how did you feel about portraying a pansexual? And he simply said, how could you not be pansexual in space? And it, and it became this really funny joke about like, yeah, you're talking with a blob. And, you know, I have this love interest in my droid and, and you know, things like that. And it being so nonchalant was absolutely amazing. So when we're falling back to are kids going to realize this or not? It's it's interesting to think about that while you're watching the film, as well as how do you think adult audiences are going to see it as as a 2018 opinion? Mm-hmm. I, f- I find it very interesting. I, I don't know if bold is the right word because I feel like it is 2018 and LGBT films are becoming more and more mainstream films and TV shows, those character lines. But, you know, Disney being air quotes here, family friendly and whatever you want to attach to that with connotations. You know, I'm wondering how audiences, conservative America is going to feel about that. I'm very curious to see if they're going to care or not. This is an interesting step for the Star Wars franchise. And I'd be curious to see what other things that they're going to do, you know, as far as including LGBT spectrum characters who have badass roles. Yeah, it you know, if if you're a conservative Christian and you're looking to go to a space movie for values, you know, maybe you shouldn't go to Star Wars. But that, you know, that's just my opinion. But, you know, it's subtle enough that I think they'll get a lot more flack for women's lib kind of feelings than they ever would for the spectrum. Because by no means does he formally say it, but, you know, he... He's not it's, making out with L3. <laughs> right, yeah. It's it's not outright portrayed, but it was just fun to see a very famous 
straight black man say, well, yeah, what would be the problem with that? (laughs) And kind of bridging that gap when there's still a huge stigma with the African-American culture and LGBT. So it, it almost was a peace offering bridge that was really nice to see. You want to give this film a rating for yourself, a grade? Well, not being a fan of action and not necessarily needing for it to occur, I would say like C plus, B minus. That sounds fair. Yeah. That sounds fair. This is a film I had fun. I took all my obsessive Star Wars knowledge and just left it on the shelf. I've actually left it on the shelf for a long, long time. It's probably covering dust. So, But you kind of have to do that in this film. So. Uh, you know, so I enjoyed it. I laughed. And if you just need a break, this is like a good film to like reset your, your mind. So Absolutely. Go see Solo. And that's it for this episode. Stay tuned. We got plenty more as the summer blockbusters continue. <laughs>